From WFUV News, this is Undecided, the road to the Democratic primary for New York City mayor. I'm Chris Baccia. Thanks for joining. That road has reached its fork, and it's time for voters to make their choice and rank the candidates for mayor. On the eve of primary day, I sat down with Katie Honan of the Wall Street Journal to talk about the candidates, issues, and rank choice ballots. In the final days of the primary, Eric Adams, the Brooklyn Borough president, has carried momentum. The final poll notched Adams at 28% support of Democratic voters. Andrew Yang polled at 20%, Catherine Garcia at 15%, and Maya Wiley at 13%. In a late twist, Yang and Garcia have campaigned together in the final days of the race in a bid to earn each other's voters as second-choice candidates. Yang says he'll rank Garcia second on his ballot, while Garcia wouldn't share how she'll rank her ballot, but joined Yang in a public show of support. Here's my conversation with Katie Honan. Katie Honan of the Wall Street Journal, welcome and thanks for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. So Katie, I'd love to start with a broader view of this race as we're on the eve of primary day. Um, This is um, going out to our listeners on on Monday. They'll go to the polls on Tuesday Mm -hmm. and and many already have uh, in early voting. As the the city emerges from the pandemic, there's been a rise in crime. There've been a lot of uh, dynamics in the city housing crisis, um, homelessness, uh, you name it. And these are all hot button issues uh, in the mayor's race. Emerging from the pandemic, what have been the themes of this race and who has it, who's been able to play to those? Who's uh, been strong on these issues in terms of where the city has been hurting and where the candidates for mayor um, have come down on the issues? So I think you touched upon a few of them and they're really, they've shifted um, throughout the campaign, throughout the race. I think um, COVID has played a huge role in it, but the themes coming out of COVID, what the primary focus has been during this primary, no pun intended, it's it's changed. You know, I I think initially there was a lot of concern of what the city will like and will look like and what what its economic recovery will be if we would get the federal money uh, to really help out uh, economically with the city and with our budget. And um, I think also there was this concern that the city would just be so changed from COVID and this idea of getting fun back. So when a candidate like Andrew Yang came in, he was this sort of shiny new object who was, I'm fun and I want to bring that energy and that cheerleading back into the city. But I think as time has gone on um, into the race, it's really now become Eric Adams as the front runner with his experience as a police officer, with his experience, um, you know, and his vis- his visibility in communities around the city that have been really hit hardest by this uh, by the crime that's happened in the city. I think he's the one with that momentum now, and he's been the poll show. People believe he's the strongest on crime, and I think even if we look back to where we were at this point in the city last year with the police reform movements huge around the city, protests after the murder of George Floyd. There was people camped out outside City Hall concerned about funding for the police department and wanting to, to, to defund the NYPD. Um, we don't have that much anymore. We don't have as much of that now. And I think, whereas maybe this point last year, we thought police reform would be a major issue. It hasn't been as big of an issue as crime. So I think that those narratives have really played a role in what voters are looking for, at least according to the polls, we, we will see in, in the final poll tomorrow how everything goes, but that seems to be it. 
Right. And, and the most recent poll had Adams, it was a Marist poll at, at 24% as, as the leading candidate. And you mentioned Yang, who began this race, at least when he entered, uh, as a front runner, and we've seen him slide. Um, on the other hand, Catherine Garcia, who's in that moderate lane with Yang and Adams, she's risen um, at, at the tail end of this campaign. So I'm curious about that. I mean, what do you attribute the fall of Yang to and on the same token, the rise of Garcia? So, I, I, you know, I'll just start with the rise of Garcia, because I think when I speak with voters, uh, even people who are really politically active or have really strong ideological beliefs, they are perhaps really left leaning and they're really politically left. They, after this past year, I spoke to a voter last week who said, uh, you know, I might be really lefty, but I want someone who can manage the city and someone who can operate it out of, its, this, out of this crisis. And when it comes to that experience, Kevin Garcia is one of the more experienced um, candidates running. And she, even though, you know, she worked for Bill de Blasio uh, in his two terms and, and had a few roles with him and people might see that as uh, baggage on her part, but I think voters appreciated her experience. So I think as she's gotten her name recognition up, that has helped her and she's really resonated with voters who maybe would be, you know, on paper, not believe in everything that she wants and maybe not as moderate as she is, but they respect her, her experience. And I think as for Yang, I actually, I don't know if his, if what we were seeing when he first entered was sort of a superficial support for him of people saying, Oh yeah, you know, that guy, I, I seem to know him from running for president and his, his cash relief plan is interesting. I think the more we, the more voters got to see of Andrew Yang. I, I mean, I think even watching him on the three campaign finance board debates and how he's sort of shifted. And I think the, the most recent debate, the final debate on WNBC, we saw a much different Andrew Yang. He was very angry. Uh, he made some controversial statements around uh, those who are mentally ill and perhaps living on the street. So I think we've seen a different side of him. And, and I think because he was so much of an unknown entity, not his name recognition, but who he, who he is and what he stands for, I think the more voters got to know Andrew Yang, I got to see him. I think that explains a little bit of that slide in polls. You mentioned uh, uh, progressive voters in this city, and, and it's a it's a healthy chunk of the city. And th that wing has sort of coalesced behind Maya Wiley, who who has pulled in at fifteen percent in that that most recent Maris poll. Um, and she's distinguished herself from someone like Adams, especially on policing, and she wants to re divert firms from uh, uh, funds from the NYPD. Um, how strong do you think Wiley is? Why? I mean, Scott Stringer was was another um, progressive who, who may have been hobbled by the sexual misconduct. So why has she been able to, to vault herself into that position? Um, and how likely is it do you think she has success on election night? Well, she her success, as she calls them, Maya Mentum, I believe it is, yeah, because she combines yeah. momentum and, and Maya. Um, it is partly some of these endorsements she's received. I think you can also look at the fall of, of Diane Morales, who was far and away the, the most progressive candidate, at least in policy. She was the only one who wanted to, you know, fully defund the police and, and, and especially where she stood on a lot of policies. Her campaign's implosion, her own staffers turning against her, some going to Maya Wiley's campaign. And then what we saw with Scott Stringer with his uh, sexual assault accusations and then him losing really 
high profile endorsements, I think it was so some of that was slow to get to Maya. But now that we have her as sort of and again, I've spoken to voters who say, look, I guess I'm just going to have to vote for Maya because she she is the most progressive person. That's what I hear from people. So that might explain that as well. You know, she's gotten a lot of high profile endorsements now. Mm. Um, some people, it's their, their second endorsement because uh, their their first um, is either Diane Morales or Scott Stringer. But that, to me, explains some of her rise in the polls. Uh, something we've heard a lot about is ranked choice voting, and, and this will be the first time the city is doing it. So I, I think there is a lot of uncertainty about this and, and how it affects uh, the outcome on election night. And um, second choice tabulations won't be done until after. So it, it may take time for these results to come back to New Yorkers. Um, just technically speaking, because I think it's hard for people to understand how it actually works. But um, how likely is it that we see someone who gets less first place? Let, let's say Eric Adams ends up with the most uh, first place votes. Is there a chance that he still doesn't win this nomination for mayor? Um, or is it more likely that he's able to, to win with the most first ranked vo uh, votes? Yeah, I mean, some of these polls have done ranked choice simulation and they've asked people, who would you, you know, vote for as it goes through and they go through it. And I, I've seen one where Eric Adams is, is first after the first round of ranked choice voting, but Captain Garcia picks up enough um, second and third and other uh, rankings to through the rest of these simulations as she ends up winning. So I think there have been other instances in other cities of people not being first in that first go around, but then winning, you know, based on the people who rank them second and third. So I think there's always that possibility. I think for most of us reporters in New York City, I've written a lot about ranked choice voting. I've studied it. I've, I've spoken to people, but we can't really predict how it's going to go with this. And, you know, again, the polls don't ever capture the full picture of what, what is going to happen when people actually go out and vote. And we don't know how many people will turn out uh, and all that. So I think we will kind of be on the edge of our seat and a little confused. At least I could I could say that for myself. I can't speak for my colleagues, but I might just be a little confused waiting to see how these things shake out. Uh, it, it certainly will be new. So um, it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, so something I'm curious about it is area of consensus among the candidates. And um, in, in the most recent debate, the final debate of this primary, um, at least I noticed the candidates seem to be on the same page about investing in in clean energy and, and a green economy. Um, almost all of them, with one exception, said there should be longer school days in the next school year um, with because of the, the lost ground of the pandemic. Um, and all the moderates were in agreement on more NYPD on the subway. And one thing that they all agreed on was that they wouldn't hire uh, Mayor de Blasio in their next administration. So um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any idea of what we don't know who the, the nominee is and, and who the mayor will be, although we uh, seem to believe that the mayor, the nominee will be the mayor. Um, whoever this person is, what, what is the direction that the city goes in the next administration on, on very broad strokes based on the, the democratic message that we're getting in this primary? I think every incoming mayor wants to try to do a different job than the one before them. You know, Bill de Blasio was a referendum on Bloomberg and that was much different circumstances. I think our next mayor will unfortunately be inheriting the issues of this current mayor and not 
all of them Bill de Blasio's fault, you know, the after effects of COVID. I think as a city, we all, again, I'm speaking for myself, I don't think we fully processed that we went through a pandemic that killed more than 35,000 of our neighbors. Right. And just the the fallout of that and what that means for us, I think we've all been kind of operating on cruise control just to get through each day and survive. And I think once we kind of hit that reckoning of what happened and how kids have been affected by this and how their education has been affected by it, the long-term effects on small businesses, on housing, on the health uh, of, our, of our communities and our neighbors um, as a result of COVID. And then, you know, even ex issues that were around before COVID. So I think whoever takes that you know, who gets sworn in on January 1st, 2022, because we're in 2021 now, it will be a lot of this cleanup stuff and a lot of fixing these issues because we still have budget issues even with the federal funds. Um, and we just still have these issues. And, you know, with crime, it is a difficult thing to tamp down on. And there are lots of things you can do. Because look, crime had actually, you know, we're still safer than we've been in the 90s at our peak. We are still the safest big city in the country. But even before COVID, in January and February of 2020, gun violence in particular, uh, and gun violence amongst younger kids, teens, and gangs and crews around the city, that had been an issue. That was even before the pandemic. So this is something that has sort of slowly started. It wasn't like a switch or like a faucet turned on, turned on overnight with COVID, and then suddenly the crime went up. It's been kind of slowly creeping up, and not in all areas. And, you know, I think the some reports of the city just being a complete wasteland of crime are obviously incorrect but there are there are there is an increase in some violent crime and i think that will continue to be a concern and how the city collectively and how its leaders deals with that will be a major issue for the new mayor right and and, and many candidates have said that the the pandemic exposed many of the city's problems more so than it may have brought them out um on yeah. on crime uh there, there's, there's daylight between some of the candidates. Um, you saw Eric Adams and, and, and Andrew Yang have an exchange where Yang mentioned he got the endorsement of, of the captain's union, um, of course, which yeah. represented Eric Adams, who was an NYPD captain. Um, and then there's a, a, an even larger distinction, of course, between someone like Adams and someone like Maya Wiley. Um, Wiley accuses uh, Adams of wanting to bring New York City back to stop and frisk, and uh, she mentions his plainclothes cops initiative. Um, could you give us just the uh, landscape on policing, public safety, uh, when it comes to these candidates? Yeah, I, I think you naming, you know, Eric Adams compared to Maya Wiley, they are probably on, you know, opposite ends. Although, Eric Adams, despite being a retired police officer, he was also known as a police reformer. And that is the reason why he said his own union possibly did not endorse him because they knew him as a reformer and there were issues with that. You know, Eric Adams, to a lot of people, he's just, oh, he's just a cop. But within the NYPD internally, um, he was sort of a, he was the rebel rousing cop. So there were, you know, obviously internal issues with that too. Um, I think Yang getting that union and getting the firefighters union, uh, the firefighters uh, officers union endorsed someone else, but he brought that up a lot um, during the debate because he had not gotten any union labor, any, any labor endorsements before that. And 
you know, how we got those is probably why a lot of people get endorsements if they don't have any pre-existing relationship with people. You know, they, they meet with them, they court them, and then they kind of go from there. Um, and I, I think looking at, yeah, Vata, Eric Adams and Maya Wiley, they are just really different uh, in, in their approach to policing. And um, in terms of the front runners, Maya is the most left on the police, wants to move a significant chunk of money from the NYPD's budget into you know, what she calls trauma-informed care and sort of preventative services and things like that. And, you know, Eric Adams also speaks about some of those initiatives and bringing more resources to, to youth organizations and other things to get at the root cause of crime. But he also is in favor of what he sees in his experience as a tried and true way to get guns off the street, which is just more policing, more targeted policing, especially in neighborhoods that have high rates of crime, especially gun crimes. Final question for you, Katie. Uh, as New York City voters go to the polls uh, tomorrow, uh, New York City Democrats, uh, at least for, for this primary that we're speaking about, um, how do you imagine this shaking out? How firm is Adam's lead? Um, do you give us a prediction or uh, just how you imagine this, this playing out now that, now that we've finally reached the day? I can't make predictions because if I couldn't predict the future, I'd be rich. Unfortunately, I cannot. But I think looking at, I think now it seems with significant number of polls, I think Eric Adams will do really well. I think some candidates might surprise us. Um, when I go out and vote, I talk, talk, when I go out and talk to voters, people like Ray McGuire, who's really done poorly in polls, I hear his name come up a lot. So I think, I don't know if there'd be so much surprises in the top, but I think maybe that mid-level of candidates, we might see some surprises. But yeah, I unfortunately, I can't tell, if I could tell the future, I'd be rolling in dough, but, and I can't make predictions. I think even the pollsters, um, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt, realizing that this does not capture the full thing. But when it comes in terms of where the momentum is, where the energy is, it is, you know, it's been with Eric, it's been with Maya, it's been with Captain Garcia, and to a lesser extent, it's been with Andrew Yang. We will see how it plays out. At this point, all we can do is wait and see. Uh, thank you, Katie, for joining us and, and for all your reporting throughout this race. Uh, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me and have a great day.